Well, good morning, Fellowship Church. It is good to see you today. Um, I wanted to share with you, we're in this series, The Moral of the Story, and I want to share with you one of my own stories. One of my uh, greatest memories of the summer is uh, with my grandparents in Crowley, Louisiana. So my grandfather was a dairy farmer. Grandma had a garden, and the gully that ran through the pasture had all kinds of garfish in it that I just could go and fish any time that I wanted. I mean, this was like summer in heaven. But my most vivid memory of that time was uh, when we get up in the morning and helping Grandpa raise the flag in the morning, and then in the evening, take it down and fold it up properly. So he was a military veteran, and he had high honor for the flag and the, the country that he protected. And so he did that with great honor. And uh, it was always something incredibly special to me. And a, a couple of years ago, my mom brought this over. And she said, I want you to have this. And I knew immediately what it was. It is the flag that was uh, given to my grandmother uh, at my grandfather's funeral. So as a military veteran, he was bestowed the honor of a military funeral. And this was the flag that was draped over his casket. And so it's become incredibly meaningful to me and just to understand honor. And in that story of honor, I want us to be able to dig into how does this thing of honor work? Because here's the reality. Honor is given. It's never grabbed. Like in that instance, like it has to be given. It can't be grabbed. Like think about it. Like you don't just grab for yourself a medal of honor, do you? Nor can anybody force you to honor them. Honor's given. It's never grabbed. Now, I do want to take a pause in our service this morning uh, to give some honor to those who have served in our military. So if you um, have served or are serving in, our, in one of our uh, armed forces, would you stand uh, and let us give you some honor? Would you do that for me? Just stand up. Thank you. I don't do that uh, to make a point, but it does make a point. When honor is due, honor is given. And it can never be grabbed. And there, there's a curious thing about a funeral, and it's this. It is both sacred and it is simple, in particular when it comes to honor, right? So we put this together to honor the life a life that's been lived already. But there's a reality that we, when it comes to honor, we are living life, and we have to figure that out. And today's passage is a parable told by Jesus. It's Luke chapter 4, if you have your Bibles. Luke chapter 4, verses 7 through 11. And we're going to look at this parable, a parable, a story, 
A parable is a story with a point. And the purpose is, is for you to hear the story and some things to come to life, to identify with it, and then to do something with it. And I know that Jesus told this story for a reason. And every good story has a who, what, when, where, and why, doesn't it? Right? English, right? I, I think I remember that. You know, I like math and science, but I remember every good story has a who, what, when, where, and why. And when did this story happen that's recorded in the book of Luke? Well, it happens actually at a point when Jesus is hanging out with his, let's call them his frenemies, all right? So the Pharisees have been watching Jesus because he has been doing ministry and healing people and showing God's power through him, and they're, they're watching him. And this particular event, when does it happen? It happens on the Sabbath, okay? And so on the Sabbath, the Pharisees invite Jesus over. It's kind of like one of those things like, hey, there's this guy, like we do this thing. We're going to get together. We're going to have a meal. Let's invite him over and watch. And so Jesus does as he normally does. He's like, he goes into that situation and he hangs out with his friends and his enemies and he's going to speak truth. And so in this time, so they're having this meal and he notices something. He notices that there's a man there and he's suffering from dropsy. Dropsy is uh, this disease, or it's not really a disease, it's a symptom of a disease where you swell up because you're retaining a lot of fluid. And actually, culturally at the time, it was associated with people who were maybe sinfully greedy. And so here's this man, and Jesus says, be healed. So he heals the man with dropsy, and he's watching because, hey, this is the Sabbath, there's only certain things you're supposed to do on the Sabbath, and hey, we don't heal people on the Sabbath. And Jesus says, oh, I see you looking at me. Well, what, who of you who had an ox or a friend or somebody in need would not free them from a trap on the Sabbath? This is a human, and I healed him. So now he's already created some tension and he's looking around, and we don't quite understand these, um, these meals, right? When we get together at a meal, big long table, everything's clean, you kind of got seating arranged, and you can look at one another, and you're not really worried about having a foot in the face or looking in the back of somebody's head, right? We got that figured out, okay? But at these types of meals, it was dirt floors and mats, and, you know, there was this person of honor, and then people kind of sat around them, so, you know, if you were not in such a place of honor, then you might have a foot in your face or you might be looking at the back of somebody's head, okay? And that's how it worked at that time. And Jesus drops this parable on these people that would understand that, all right? Now, I think Jesus stepped in with God's power and healed this man to grab their attention. I'm not gonna be able to heal anybody this morning. God could do that but I'm not necessarily expecting that that's what's gonna grab your attention. So here's what I'm gonna ask you to do. As we pray together, let your attention be grabbed by God. Open your heart and your mind to this word and then let him change you. Let's pray together. Hey God, would you grab our attention at the reading of your word? God, would you draw us in to this story so that we would see the point that Jesus was making to these people and understand how it applies to us. 
God, let us open our hearts and our minds to your word so that we might be changed. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Whether you're following along online or you've got your Bible open or your Bible app, let's look at Luke 14, 7 through 11. Let me read it. Now he told a parable to those who were invited when he noticed how they chose the places of honor, saying to them, when you're invited by someone to a wedding feast, do not sit down in the place of honor, lest someone more distinguished than you be invited by him. And he who invited him both, both will come and say to you, give your place to this person. And then you'll begin to walk in shame to the take the lowest place. But when you're invited, go and sit in the lowest place so that when your host comes, he may say to you, friend, come, move up higher. Then you'll be honored in the presence of all who sit at the table with you. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled. And he who humbles himself will be exalted. Now, I told you before, we don't kind of get this dynamic of what's happening at this wedding feast and how people are seated and arranged. But each of you, I'm sure, have been to a wedding. And so let me just put it in the context of the wedding. This is what Jesus says is happening. Everybody's seated. Everybody's taking their places. And you've showed up to the wedding and you sat on the second row. And people are walking down, and it's time for the bride to come in, and the music, it stops. And the usher walks down, taps you on the shoulder on the second row, and say, hey, buddy, you're in the wrong spot. I got somebody of more honor than you for this second row. Could you walk with me to the back? And you got to stand up and walk to the back as that person comes and takes your seat. That's what just happened in that story. And Jesus is saying, hey, don't let that happen to you. Start from a place of humility. Sit in the back. And when it's time for the bride to come down, let the usher come to you and say, hey, you weren't supposed to be in the back. Like, we saved you a seat up front. Come walk with me. Let me exalt you to the place of honor. And this is what's going on in this story. Here's the what is happening. Jesus is trying to help us understand exactly what I opened with. Honor is to be given, never grabbed. And in fact, the end of this, this story ends with unleash the honor by being humble and starting in the humble place. See, humility allows the host to give the honor. And that's what's going on in this story. It's actually pretty simple, right? It's actually something that we almost intuitively know, especially if we've been in the place of pride and we've fallen. We knew, man, that was the wrong place to be. Especially when we've been humbled. We understand that. You may not even be a Christ follower and you understand, hey, I don't want to be around arrogant people. I don't want to think, I don't want to be around people that are big, think they're bigger than who they are. We understand that, don't we? It's almost simple. We know it. But here's, here's the thing. Anybody know this, uh, this ad campaign? You know, the more you know. It's got, you know, the, the star flashes across and, you know, it's the more you know. 
And students, you've probably seen a couple of memes on this. They're funny. You get it? The more you know. You just need to know no more is basically the point. Just know more. Understand more. Understand more than you're okay. I know I see some people laughing. They're like, I, I, like, I got a favorite meme. Don't tell me about your favorite meme right now, but uh, tell me about it on the camp trip. Um, but the more you know, I have a problem with this. And we get actually caught, caught with this uh, with our knowledge of the Bible, with our understanding of Jesus. It's not just the more you know. Now, it is important. God says that we are to seek understanding and then act in wisdom. It's not the more you know. It is putting what you know into action. Hey, I know I'm not Pastor Kirk. I'm Pastor Brian. I'm the pastor of uh, Community Impact here, and maybe you don't trust me on this, all right? Maybe you don't trust me that, that, that it's this. So I actually brought an expert, all right? I, I actually brought an expert that's going to teach you a parable, and it's going to teach you what's beyond the knowledge. Here we go. It's a great American hero. Turkey, now we might lose. Hold on there. Flint! Will yelling at Billy help? Not really. Look, if you want to play your best, you got to play like a team. Derek, it's tied up! The next time you get angry over a bad play, remember you need teamwork to win, not arguments. Now we know. And knowing is half the battle. G.I. Joe! Knowing is just half the battle. We still got a whole battle. Right? And hey, if you didn't catch the parable of that story, the parable of that story, the, the moral of that story is there's no turkey in teamwork. All right? Write that one down. It's going to be important in life. There are no turkeys in teamwork. But here's the deal it's not just what we know, because we actually know this. Jesus highlights it for those people in the time, and he highlights it for us today. What I want us to do is to go beyond the knowledge. All right? So I'm actually going to give you a bit more scripture. I'm not expecting for all of this scripture for you. Like we're not going to, we're going to go all into all of this scripture, but I want you to write these passages down because I think it's going to help us take this knowledge that honor is to be given by the host and then play it out in life. Because remember I mentioned that, that this peculiarity of a a, um, a funeral is is that in the moment it's set up for honor but we don't live in that we live in the messiness of life there are motivations to trying to achieve achieve good things even what we believe God's called us to do to be the church and it's messy and there are situations like what, what does it mean to start from the place of humility what, what is this dynamic that works out how do I do this? And so I'm going to give you four places. We're going to go through four places that I think will help us walk through how to start from a place of humility and then allow God to move us into a place of honor. Let's, first, let's start with the first one. How about in the church? How about in the church where the church, and as we see the church as a group of humble hosts? If there's anything that describes the body of Christ, and we see the description of members of the body. Like I teach the membership class here at Fellowship Church. And as we talk about what does it mean to be fully committed, to grow, and to use your gifts here at Fellowship Church, we talk about what does a membership mean? What is a member? And it's the body. The description is actually of a physical body. All right? 
that God is pulling together this body of different parts to do his kingdom work. So I want to do this for a second. I, I, you know, I need some eyes, all right, and I need some hands and some feet. Anybody want to volunteer? Actually, let me just assign you, all right? Here you go. Eye, hand, foot. Eye, hand, foot. Eye, hand, foot. Eye, hand, foot. Y'all carry it down this section. Eye, hand, foot. Eye, hand, foot. Eye, hand. Y'all just keep carrying it. They got to get all the way to the back. They need to know if they're eye, hand, or foot. Eye, hand, foot. Eye, hand, foot. Eye, hand, foot. Carry it to the back. All right, you got about 10 seconds. Y'all figure it out. You know if you're an eye, hand, or a foot. All right, everybody knows. Here we go. So what I need you to do is eyes, I need you to turn to the foot and say, you're not needed. All right, now, foot turn to the hand and say, you're not needed. All right. You're not supposed to do that, by the way. All right, here we go, and I'm going to show you why. 1 Corinthians 12, 21 through 27. Again, I'm not expecting you to follow totally along with me here, but what I want you to do is write down these passages, and when you think about the church, and you think about what does it mean for me to start from the right place and to move and allow God to bestow the honor. 1 Corinthians 12, 21 through 27. Listen to this. It says, The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. Talk about flipping our understanding of humility and honor, right? They're indispensable. And those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow the greater honor. But God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to to the part that lacked it, that there may be no division in the body, that the members may have the same care for one another. When When we do this right, and humility is the starting place in the church, honor brings unity. So maybe it's not the church. Maybe it's not the church. Maybe it is your family. And you talk about, I could, we, could, we could probably all sit around and tell some stories about honor and dishonor in the family, about the difficulty of being humble in the family, right? So if there's ever a place that we want to walk this out, that we want to start from a place of humility, start from a place that is going to bring honor, start from the place that is going to glorify God, Let's look at the family. Write this down. Ephesians 5, 33 through 6, 4, right? Read, write those verses down. I'm going to give you some homework. Go, read them. Begin to memorize them. Let them become a part of your heart and who you are so that when you're walking in these spaces, that then the Holy Spirit can bring them to life in your world. All right? Let's read them together. Ephesians 5, 33, 6 through 4. Uh, it says, um, however... Let each one of you love his wife as himself. And let the wife see that she respects her husband. Children, any children in here? Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. By the way, this is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you, and that you may live long in the land. And fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. I want a feast for your family, not a fight. And you can see in these passages that there's love and respect. And when we come from a place of humility, there's obedience and honor. And there's disciplined 
discipline. We see in this a framework that starts for each portion of this family. Husband, wife, father, mother, child. A place, a starting place of humility. And when we walk in those, I believe when we get it right in the family, our home time becomes a feast instead of a fight. And so maybe it's not the family. Maybe it's your workplace. You've heard, the, you've heard this, uh, you know, uh, probably a billion times, right? Work smarter, not harder. We read a different parable today. Work humbly, not harder. That's my point. And where I'm going to take you to is Matthew 6.33. Because the workplace is a messy place especially when you go at it the right way, right? It says whether you eat, whether you drink, whatever you do, do it for the Lord. And we carry that into our workplace, right? And we want to work at the workplace. And we want to be rewarded at the workplace. In fact, the primary reason why we work is out of a call that the Lord's given us to to provide provision for this life, and so then all of these motivations gets mi- get mixed up in the workplace. And all of a sudden, maybe this motivation for uh, a place where I have more provision turns into a messy space where I'm just trying to be validated by my position. And I lose sight of humility. I think Matthew 6.33 helps us with this. It says, but seek ye first the kingdom of God. Then all of the things you need will be added to you. I think when we get it right and start from a place of humility, then God comes along, bestows the honor, and provides the things that you need. When we get it right in the workplace, both your position and your profit advance God's kingdom. Maybe it's not the workplace. Maybe it's some other place. Let me just lay one over the top. What is it like for us to be in the world with you in action. If it's more than just knowledge, it's action. In the book of James, this is reiterated for us. It says this faith without works. Faith without works is a dead faith. We also know that it is God who has planned for us to do things in this world. Like, he's created us to do the good works that he planned in advance for us to do. So how do we start from a place of humility and do these things? I think it's about focus. Write this passage down for me. I hope you got Matthew 6, 33 written down. Here's another one from Matthew. It's Matthew 5, 15 and 16. I'm just gonna read 16 for you. It says, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. When you get it right in life, the stuff you do consistently for him takes the spotlight off of you and shines it on the heavenly Father. You see, in many spaces, the problem with where we start from is not a problem of what we're doing or how we're doing it, especially when you're doing the good works that God's given you to do, it's, it's a matter of trying to grab the honor instead of throwing it back to him. In the end, what God desires and what he will do 
is what he has promised. Jesus said that all that God had given unto him, he would lift up to the Father on the last day. It is this lifting up, it is this exaltation to the Father. But where that starts is from a place of humility. Because when we walk in humility, we can honor God the Father. When we walk in humility, we can, we can enjoy the life that he, he has given us. We can enjoy the church that he's given us. We can enjoy the workplace, the family, the friendships that he's given us. Humility gives the host the opportunity to give the honor. So if that's where we're going to do it, let's go to my favorite part. Why do we do it? This is good stuff. Like God promises some good stuff here. Why do we do it? Because the invitation that God gives us to his banquet is now and forever. This is a now thing and a forever thing. And here's a cool part. God's banquet is big. He's got a big banquet and he's setting it out. And I want you to have a future hope for that to happen in perfection. Because God does tell us, he says, hey, hey, if you're gonna start from a place of humility, focus on the future. Store up your treasures in heaven where moth and rust and all other things in Louisiana that can destroy them don't happen. So there's a future focus but I don't want us to lose sight of the now. Because Jesus came and said, hey, don't get it stolen right now. Don't get it stolen from you. He said, the thief, the evil one comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus told us, but I have come that you might have life and life abundantly. So his banquet's big, and it's for the now and for the then. So the question is how? So I told you that humility, humility gives the host the opportunity to give the honor. Here's the question I want you to write, jot down. Will I be humble? And now's a good time to answer it. Right now. You've heard God's word. God's doing some things in your life. Now is a good place to answer that question. Will I be humble? Have I been humble to submit myself to Jesus Christ? Have I been humble to the place that I have received his forgiveness? You know, Jesus set the example. So I guess what I'm telling you is follow the leader. Jesus, the living, breathing, walking, talking God-man, came to this earth to live a perfect life. And that perfect life was lived so that at the end of it, he could sacrifice it so that we might have forgiveness. He died on the cross. He was raised three days in God's power. Three days later, ascended into heaven and will come again one day. But you know what it says about Jesus? He left all of everything he could have brought with him that was his deity, emptied himself into our humanity. He humbled himself in the form of a servant and started at a place of humility so that his father would exalt him to that place. So I'm, I'm saying follow the leader. 
Follow the example of the humble one who died for you. And if you've never humbled yourself into submission, to receive his forgiveness, to ask him for forgiveness and to follow him, I would love, would love to talk with you to, about that today. In fact, I'll give you that opportunity right now. And if, if you would do me a favor, let's just pray together. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? And uh, let me just do this. If there's somebody today that is realizing, hey, you know, I have never, I've never given myself to Jesus. I've never asked him for forgiveness. And today I would like to do that. Today I would like to go, come to a place of humility before Jesus. Would you just raise your hand and let me see your eyes? Thank you. If you've done that, I would love to talk to you after I'll be down here. But let me, let me give us one more invitation. Invitation to God's banquet, to what God has for you. If you would say, hey, Pastor Brian, I, I realize that there's been some spaces where I'm not starting from a place of humility. In fact, maybe some of you have come today and you're feeling ashamed. I want you to know that if you are convinced of that, if you are feeling in those ways that God's forgiveness, that his offer is for you to humbly be before him and for him to raise you up and lift you up. If you would say today that, hey, you need prayer because you've not been starting in a place of humility, would you just raise your hand and I can know that and pray directly for you? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I, I know that some of you may not be willing to raise your hand, but I want to pray for you right now. God, I thank you that in our honesty, as we're before your word, God, you do a work in our lives to see where we are. But God, you don't want us to stay there. You want us to lift us up. You want to lift us up. God, I pray for these who have been honest about not starting from a place of humility. Father, maybe there are some today that are realizing they have not given honor where honor was due. God, I pray for them as well. God, I pray as we try to walk in this life, God, that we would stay humbly before you to do your will and to live in your way. God, so that we might experience the abundant life you've come to offer. It's in Jesus' name.